Jamie. Jamie. Is anyone there? This is spiritual friendship. Do you read me? Spirits on the earth this night that I'd like to communicate, we ask you to please come forward and do so at any time. Welcome back to another episode of Spiritual Friendship. If you guys don't know, so when is coming up, so I'm sure you can guess what this episode is about. I'm your co-host, I'm your host, Michelle, and our co-host, Jamie, is here. There, there we go. Words are working. <laughs> Jamie is here with some small announcements, as we always have before every episode. Hey guys, as always, if you want to support us, you can start with monthly donations on our Patreon. This will allow us to create engaging content more frequently that can be accessed on our platforms. We will have that link posted in the description below. It is also on our Instagram. Secondly, send us a voice message on Anchor. This will allow us to hear what you have to say, and you may be featured on a future episode. Lastly, make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, so our podcast will show up more when people search for us. Yes! Like, right review subscribe oh and join us on instagram because we have daily lives every single day where we talk about like the card of the day lately it's been the halloween oracle because Samhain is coming so we've been doing that a lot however i do want to like switch it up and do some other like fun oracles <laughs> i love that oracle yeah, but I, we are doing that a lot <laughs> i know i really want to do mine because i've only done it twice and i'm like i want to get used to this deck yes jamie what's your deck called again uh, Oracle of the Unicorns. Yes, it's so bougie. But I love it. It's like, I just click really well with it, you know? Yes. So I feel like it just fits perfectly. Yes. So, yeah. Sorry, Taffy's <laughs> just scratching at the door. I'm like, what's going on right now? So come, come follow us on Instagram and watch our lives and listen to our crazy selfs yawn 24-7 and and discuss oracles oh my god we yawn all the freaking time and i'm just like what is ha what is this freaking witchcraft i don't know maybe we need to change our times because i'm just like oh my god <sighs> we're both just tired when we do it which is funny because i'm like already <laughs> a cup of coffee deep at that time maybe i should start <laughs> drinking a little bit of coffee in the morning i always consider it ass water because i'm like oh gross it's so good if you drink it the right way Michelle's like, whatever. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> okay, so today well, this episode is going to be about Sawin. And, um, yeah, Jamie, do you know anything about Sawin? Do you know what Sawin is? I... She's quizzing me, you yeah. guys. She's quizzing Quiz. me. <laughs> so, from what I got when I did my research was that a lot of people in, like, modern the modern world, so, like, today's society believe that Halloween is, like, scary, and all we do is, like, go trick-or-treating, and we carve pumpkins, but sewing is meant to represent and basically, like, remember our loved ones, and on Sewin, a lot of um, pagans like to cook dishes to help, like, celebrate their loved ones that have passed and kind of like speak with them I guess and just like remember them and en encourage them I guess to like show up on sewing uh that's really all I am like 
That's all I really got from it, I guess. Yeah. Apparently, I got everything that I did research on. But for me, it's just, like, remembering our loved ones, cooking uh, good foods, like pumpkin soup and herbal teas and really just using a lot of herbs <laughs> and stuff like that. Like, decorating your altar, like, not really trick-or-treating or smashing pumpkins, but, like, Remembering our loved ones and really just trying to eat lots of good food and cook food and spend time with the people that you love. Yes, this is the last Harvest Festival. So we talked about this two last, or the two Harvest Festivals before this. The one before this was Maybon, and then the other one was Lunasa. So it's Lunasa, Maybon, and then Sawin. Those are the three Harvest Festivals. So I hope you guys are out in your garden or whatever, harvesting your herbs or whatever, listening to this, because you guys need to do that right now. (laughs) What I do think is really interesting is how Sawin is one of the Sabbaths also that includes, like, fertility and really trying to just, like, create new life. And it's a really interesting Sabbath. Or if you're... On the other side of the spectrum, Chris, or it's like a good holiday, I guess. I don't know. I like the paganized, like Wiccan version. Can I say that? Yeah. Better. <laughs> yeah. Than like Halloween. Like I like the idea and the meaning behind Sewin rather than Halloween. I like the meaning behind it as well. I feel like it is like a really, it's got a lot of nice roots, like respecting your ancestors and things like that. And that's something I'm very big on because one day like you and I are going to be old and I would like to think that my kiddos or your kiddos or whatever would like want to take care of us or like talk to us or, you know, there'd be some level of like respect there. And like remember us, like don't like, I like the idea of remembering your ancestors and your loved ones that have passed and trying to create something to welcome them on that day, like back into your life for just that one day or two days or however long you do, you celebrate so in for, because it's not just one day you can celebrate so in for like four days. I believe the max is like three days. Um, it has a lot of roots that kind of connected Dia de los Muertos, which is the Day of the Dead for like the Hispanic or Mexican communities. And they have All Souls Day. And then they also have the Day of the Children. So I really think that that's really interesting how they also celebrate like kiddos as well, which is really cool. And I think that's where we get like our fertility and like love, romance, those kinds of things. That's actually celebrated during Samhain. So on the flip side, if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, you're celebrating Beltane during this time, which Beltane is a lot of fun. This is also when the veil is thinning and when there's a lot of like, I want to say like fey. Um, kind of things going on here because when you think of like trick or treat at least with my knowledge and like things that I know of when I think of trick I think of the fae so we will have an episode on the fae eventually it is in the works but right now we are we are taking a break from them (laughs) so what this holiday means is it's all souls night it's the feast of the dead festival of remembrance feast of apples new year it's like the new year for like wiccans and pagans in general so this isn't just like a wiccan holiday or anything like that this is like a pagan holiday wiccans have kind of like taken over as of like i think the 80s they've like taken over and 
Yeah. So, Samhain is like one of the major festivals on the Wheel of the Year for many pagans, and it's the most important festival of all. Like I said, it's like the New Year. It has many, many, many names. This is celebrated on the 31st, which is called All Hallows' Eve, or Samhain, or, you know, many, many names, <laughs> and then the 1st and the 2nd of November. It is the third and final harvest festival of nuts and berries and fire festival. All the harvest is in and all of it is completed. It is the end of the cycle of birth and growth. It is the point of death. The seeds of harvest have fallen deep into the dark earth. They are unseen, dormant, and thus apparently lifeless. <laughs> Still yawning. I know, I'm so tired. I've been working a lot today. Yeah, I'm going to turn my camera off so that you don't start yawning, too. Great. Love you. <laughs> um, the god and sun king is sacrificed back into the land with the seed until the winter solstice, and the goddess is now, now is crone, mourns him until his rebirth at Yule. So that's, like, the whole thing. Like, we're going through... Um, I don't know if you've seen, like, the moon phases or the picture of the moon where you have the maiden, the mother, and the crone. That's like what the moon cycles represent. So you have the, the maiden, and then you have the mother and the crone. And those are supposed to represent like your life cycles that you go through. So I would be the maiden, and you would be considered like the mother because you have a kiddo. <laughs> and you're also just at a different okay. stage of life than I am. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he travels to the underwear underworld. <laughs> What's that underwear? <laughs> he travels to the underworld learning its wisdom this is the time of the descent into darkness of preconception out of which new life new ideas will eventually emerge traditionally the veils between the worlds are at their thinnest now boundaries dissolve and all is laid bare it's time to honor and offer hospitality to our ancestors at Samhain, the dark half of the year commences it's truly a magical time death is always frowned followed by rebirth, and while it's the end of one old year, it's the beginning of a new year. For the Celts, this day did not begin at dawn, it began at sunset. It began with the darkest, with the darkness. Light is always born out of darkness. They are inseparable, interdependent, and necessary. Darkness is fertile with all potential. With the beginning of this dark phase comes the opportunity to rest and reflect on the past and to dream of new beginnings. The seed, now hidden in the earth, will germinate in its session. Look for all the seeds in yourself. So I'm sure you can see like where the fertility comes in here. You know, the seed and fertility and stuff like that. By the way, now is a really good time to add to your altar and your collection of like magical tools if you want to use any. So I believe last year, I think I got my wand. And then two years ago, I got my grimoire. <laughs> no, it's the other way around. Last year, I got my grimoire because I had graduated. And I was like, I'm going to get myself a grimoire because I really want one. Yes. Yeah. So, the Christianized version of this holiday. Um, <laughs> Halloween, obviously. Yes. That is the Christianized version. This uh, holiday in particular is the one that is most, like, talked about when it comes to, like, the Christians, like, cheating and taking our holidays and, like, all those kinds of things. Um, they really did copy from the pagans, and I believe they wanted to, like, Christianize 
you know, the, the people in Europe and they tried to, like, Christianize them by being like, hey, we're going to call it All Saints Day and then you're going to celebrate our Christian saints rather than your your ancestors. And I'm like, yo, ancestors be ancestors, you know. Anyway. Right. <laughs> we may have uh, another bonus episode on that one because it's not a short story. And if you guys want to know a little bit more about that, if you take Lululemon's Little Book of Halloween, that is a perfect um, book to read during this time. It's actually a book that I read every single year except for this year because the wedding and all the crazy stuff that's been going on with like the podcasts and stuff. We've been trying to make sure that we're keeping up on things and I'm doing what I need to do so I haven't had time to read it this year unfortunately which makes me sad but um, it's got a great chapter. Chapter one talks all about the history so yeah. Um, so the next thing is a ritual. There are several rituals that you can do, but I'll just mention a couple of them. One of the things that you can do that Jamie touched up on um, earlier is honoring your ancestors. Honoring your ancestors is a fantastic way to celebrate Samhain. So honoring your ancestors is a very special thing to do at this time and it can be done in many simple ways. Think about all those departed souls from your life, both family and friends. Children may wish to remember pets even. Place a photograph of them on your altar. Offer them your hospitality. Welcome their presence into your home. At your Samhain feast, consider laying an extra place for them to join at your table. Cook and eat their favorite dishes. Talk about them. Remember them. Bring them closer. You and your children can make an offering for departed pets by leaving some dog food outside on Halloween night. Many night creatures appreciate this offering. Be careful what you put outside, though. <laughs> so, one of the things me and Brandon do every year is we do something called a dumb supper. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah. Because I talk about it a lot. <laughs> Okay, so one of the things that we do is we do this dumb supper where we make our ancestors' favorite meals. So what me and Brandon choose to do is honor our grandparents or our grandmothers in particular. So my grandma really liked cornbread. <laughs> and Brandon's grandma really liked chicken from Costco. Not any other chicken. It had to be chicken from Costco. So every, like, Samhain feast, we have chicken from Costco <laughs> and cornbread. That I've made. So you make the cornbread in silence. Brandon goes to the store and gets, you know, the chicken from Costco. That's a thing. I don't know what his grandma's... She was German and, like, Costco, I guess this is a compliment. Hashtag not sponsored, but, like, she loved your shit. So we go there and then I will make the um, cornbread in complete silence and then I make something called, like, a... I forget what it's called. Like, it's, like, a cross... I think it's like a Celtic cross. I make that, it, like, for protection as well. Because you don't want just anybody coming in, you know? Because when the veil is thinned, this invites a lot of spirits. And this is why divination is so popular. Because <laughs> pretty much any spirit can visit you. And if you open yourself up to that kind of stuff, it can be dangerous if you don't use the right tools to protect yourself. <laughs> Jamie and I are actually going to be doing protection spells before so in so that we are protected like correctly <laughs> and we will not be doing any protection spells or any spells actually online because that invites negative energies or like somebody who really doesn't like us to be able to influence that spell at that time so that's why we don't do any of our spells on our lives and we don't let you know when we do spells we just take pictures afterwards 
because I don't want anybody messing with our stuff. And although we may have like black salt, we may, we may have like black topaz, I'm not going to like intentionally open the door for somebody to like come in the house, you know? It's like if you have a security system, but you leave your door open. Like, that's yeah. not smart. <laughs> Like playing the Ouija board, but not saying about. Oh my god! <laughs> Just people. If you're gonna play the Ouija board, fucking know the rules. Look up some actual rules. Don't like go by the game and be like, oh, let's have fun. No. <laughs> Jesus Christ! How many times I have heard these things? <sighs> anyway, so another thing you can do is like a candle ceremony for your ancestors. This is a wonderfully, like, simple ritual which can be shared with both friends and family or worked alone. You can include children in it as well. It brings in darkness and ends full of light. It's a great balance to trick-or-treating if you choose to go trick-or-treating. However, this year, you know, you kind of can't, so I'm hoping these are, like, good alternatives to things that you want to do. <laughs> Maybe you have some ideas for Mr. Mason. Um, you'll need is like a small supply of candles, black, white, or like night lights, whatever, heat proof container, tray, sand, earth, something like that to put them in. Place one in the center of the container from which all the others will be lit. Switch off all the lights and sit gently in the darkness. Allow the darkness to enfold you. Ask for the presence of your ancestors to come to you when you are ready. Light the central candle saying, We welcome our departed loved ones into this home and honor your presence amongst us. Allow each person in the circle to spontaneously remember someone who has passed to the summer, summer lands and remember something about them and light a candle for each person from the center candle. I remember Great Aunt Sheila and her generosity of heart. So that's like an example. So, like, if you and I were doing this, I'd be like, oh, I remember my grandma, she passed away, and she was really cool, and she liked, you know, animals, and that's why I like kiwi, and, you know, stuff like that. So then you light a candle, and then you pass the candle that is previously lit to the next person who wants to say something. So maybe you want to remember your aunt who had recently departed and light a candle for her as well. Um, you would allow this to continue for as long as it takes to complete the remembering, and you'll end with a tray full of radiant candles. When all is complete, give thanks and allow the candle to burn to completion. So I think it's like a really cool way to remember your ancestors, and a really cool way to get kids involved, and to kind of bring in and introduce that whole conversation of like death, and how that kind of you know, affects kiddos too. Cause we always talk about death and we talk about how it affects us and stuff like that, but we don't realize how much it affects our kids and others around us too. It kind of invites that open conversation. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I feel like it's a really, really like good way to be able to do that. So that's two rituals that you can do this Halloween or so in. Uh, whatever you feel like you want to do, you definitely can do. You know, if your grandma was like super, super into something, like my grandma really liked to draw and paint. And I think that's where I get my art skills from. So maybe you want to like draw something or paint something. It's like whatever you feel called to do at that moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, the next one is symbols. We have the apple. The apple is, of course, the symbol of, like, the fall season, I feel, because <laughs> it just, like, is. It's, like, the, the apple. Um, you know, there's so many, like, games played at Sewin, which grew out 
of the belief in the apple as a sacred and magical fruit. The apple is a symbol of life and immortality. In Celtic tradition, apples were buried at Samhain as food for these souls who are waiting to be reborn. The apple, cut crosswise, reveals the five-pointed star or pentacle as the core, a symbol of the goddess. Which I think is really, really awesome. Um, they, they've got a lot of really cool things on here that are symbols, but another symbol of this one is the pomegranate, which you wouldn't think is a symbol of Samhain, but it totally is. The pomegranate actually represents Persephone. Um, Persephone is Hades' wife. Hades, like, stole her and stuff like that, but it represents, like, the underworld, the undead, but, like, how something can grow out of nothing, and it's, it's a really beautiful symbol, and we get a lot for kiwi, because that's one of kiwi's, like, favorite fruits of all time. She likes to make a big mess out of it, but her is such a healthy chicken. <laughs> uh, the next one is the pumpkin. Pumpkins are very much an American tradition, which has been successfully marketed in the UK and Europe. Everyone loves them, especially, of course, children. If you consider that the Celts regarded the human head as the seat of the soul, the concept of the carved pumpkin with the candle lit inside it, as the light shining from the soul, it becomes just about acceptable. Apart from this, the pumpkin has nothing to do with Samhain. Um, it kind of actually does. It has to do with the jack-o'-lantern. Um, Jack would ride around, I think it was Ireland, I think it's Irish or Scottish, I'm so sorry if I'm offending everyone right now, but it's one, one of those places. He would ride around with his, um, not pumpkin, but turnip-carved head, and turnips was a thing to carve back then, and then it became the much easier pumpkins when Halloween or Samhain came to America. So that's kind of where it came from. You would put out your turnip that was carved onto your porch to keep Jack at bay. So, yeah. The cauldron. The cauldron, or the Holy Grail, is closely associated with Samhain. It is feminine and is the cosmic container for all life and death of transformation and rebirth. So the cauldron is often associated with, like, the womb, like a mother's womb. I think I said this in the Beltane episode, too. Um, that is, like, very highly associated with the womb, so that's why it's kind of associated with Samhain, um, you know, life, death, transformation, rebirth. There's a thing you can do for Beltane where you jump over the cauldron while there's a, f the cauldron while there's a fire in it, and it is supposed to promote fertility. I'm pretty sure you can probably do the same thing during Samhain. <laughs> so, the besom, or the broom. Uh, a besom is just kind of like a smaller version of the broom that you would use at your altar, and that's kind of like what that is. It, it's supposed to be. <laughs> the besom is used at this time both practically and symbolically. It sweeps away the last of the autumn leaves, but is also used ritually to sweep out the old, to clean and clear away old energy, creating space for the new. Traditionally, besoms are made from birch twigs. The birch, or birch, <laughs> is associated with purification and renewal. You can also make a besom at this time of year by gathering a large bundle of birch and tie them together. Drive a broom handle into the middle of the bundle and ideally it would be hazel or ash. These are actually three of the nine sacred woods that you can burn during this time. I don't remember all of them off the top of my head. However, you can, you know, you can kind of... You, 
can kind of like get all I'm sure you can do it on a Google search and you can find all of them but you're supposed to take one of the nine woods and like light them and then you would take it to your neighbor's house and light their hearth with it but you know we kind of don't do that anymore and COVID <laughs> so that's what that's supposed to be for however um we do have a broom because <laughs> we jumped over it for you know our wedding and um we're gonna be hanging that over our door on so win <laughs> so I'm excited acorns is another symbol the acorn is the seed of the great oak which is another one of the nine sacred woods representing wisdom longevity rebirth a promise of strength to come an acorn in your pocket is an amulet of good fortune to come all nuts from our indigenous trees walnuts hazelnuts conkers and so on are pure potential and carry the attributes of the mother tree so, once again, this is like rebirth, longevity, wisdom, and things like that. Seed, rebirth, fertility, all those kinds of things. Um, the great oak, just as like a fun fact, the tree of life is supposed to be the great oak. And Odin hung upside down on the tree of life for about nine days, and that's how we have our runes. Fun. <laughs> um... Those are the symbols, so let's do the colors of Samhain. Black is usually used to represent death and endings. Orange is for the vitality of life within death, so that's why we have black and orange. And we also see purple as well. That's for wisdom, insight, and inspiration, and purple is also for psychic awareness as well. So your Samhain altar, um, you can have a cauldron, apples, nuts, berries, black candles to honor like the passing, passage into Summerland and the ancestors, photographs of the deceased family and friends. So I think around this time my altar tends to get a little bit bigger because I have a wee little table that's about one foot by one foot. So the activities that you can do for sewing, they're really endless. Like I have a long list. <laughs> You can go on a nature walk if you don't have an arctic freeze coming up. Um, so today would kind of be the last day that we could do that because it's Wednesday and tomorrow we're supposed to get a nice freeze coming in. Kiwi's going to love that. <laughs> so you can take a meditative walk in a natural area near your home. You can observe and contemplate the colors, aromas, sounds, and other sensations of the season. You can experience yourself as part of the circle of life and reflect on death and rebirth as being an important part of nature. If the location you visit permits, gather some natural objects and upon your return, use them to adorn your home. Remember to always ask the tree or flower or whatever if you can take that object. And if they allow you, um, make sure that you give back as well, like with some sort of offering, you know, bird seed, watering, a prayer, whatever you want to do or you feel necessary, make sure you give back. Don't just take. And also research the things that you pick up because like we have a bird and some of those things are kind of dangerous for her to have around. Um, you can gather or you can do seasonal imagery. You can decorate your home with sewing seasonal symbols in the colors of orange and black, place an autumnal wreath on your front door. You can create displays with pumpkins, corn stalks, gourds, acorns, acorns, apples, candles, and cauldrons, just anything you can really think of. I do that a lot. Uh, I think our, our house is like adorned in all sorts of like sewing decor. <laughs> 
And I think I have this, I have this thing that I keep up year-round. It's like the witch's place or something like that, and it has like prices for spells, and I'm like, that's so cute. <laughs> I keep it up year-round because I think it's funny. You can make an ancestor's altar where you gather photographs, heirlooms, and other mementos of deceased family, friends, and companion critters. You can arrange them on a table, dresser, or other surface along with several candles. Kindle the candles in their memory as you call out their names and express well wishes. Thank them for being a part of your life, sit quietly, and pay attention to what you experience. Note any messages you receive in your journal. This, this ancestor's altar can be created just for someone or kept year-round. <laughs> um, one of these is the Feast of the Dead, um, or the Samhain dinner. This is also the um, Dumb Supper. So you would include a place setting at your table or nearby altar for the dead, add an offering for a bit of each and a beverage being consumed in the cup and place at the seating. Add to the plate and add a bit of each food served. Invite your ancestors and other deceased loved ones to come and dine with you. To have the Samhain Dumb Supper experience, dine in silence. After the feast, place the con contents of the plate and the cup for the dead outdoors in natural location as an offering for the dead. Um, once again, this is one of the things that you need to be protective about because you are opening your home to allow spiritual presence in here and you just want to allow your ancestors to be nearby so any spirit that has negative intentions you can ring a bell i have a bell that i ring about three times um just you know three is it calls out to me but <laughs> i think that it is a a good like way to get rid of those negative energies because those vibrations break up those energies fun fact <laughs> ancestor stories so you can learn about family history, contact one or more older relatives, and ask them to share their memories of family members now dead. Record them in some way and write accounts of what they share. Give thanks. Share what you learned and have written with other family member or friend. Add names of those you've learned about and wish to honor on your, on your ancestor altar. This would be a good idea to do like a some sort of like journaling where you would write down like stories of like your grandmother or your aunt or whatever and just have like a sewing journal where you would like talk about those and as you have kids you can open that journal up and be like so your aunt this and this and then have pictures to show them she used to be like this she used to do that she's not here with us anymore but maybe she can come visit and we can give her some respect the sewing so I think that would be a really fun thing to do. I kind of just made that up on the spot. <laughs> um, but you can do a cemetery visit. You can visit and tend the gravesite of a loved one at a cemetery. Unfortunately, I can't do that because all of my past loved ones are in Alabama and I'm in Colorado. Um, call to mind memories and consider ways that that loved one continues to live on with you. Place an offering there such as fresh flowers, dried herbs, or um, water. And, and things things of that sort. I know my uncle, he would not want any of that. <laughs> he is one of the ones that would say, hey, donate to the local dog shelter and don't bother giving me anything, which I really love that about him. Like, he was really cool like that. And that is something I would totally do if I had the money. <laughs> he used to go down there and adopt dogs, like, all the time before he died of brain cancer, I think, in 2016. 17? <laughs> I'm horrible. I think it was 2018. 
I can't remember. But he would never, he put on the thing, he had planned out his whole funeral, and he was like, don't give me any flowers, donate to this dog shelter. And he would go down there and get a new dog every now and then when one of his would pass away, and he would always adopt a dog. He'd never get a new one, like a puppy. He would always adopt. It was really cute. Um, now is a really good time for reflections. You can reflect on you and your life over the past year. You can review journals, planners, photographs, blogs, other notations you have created during the past year, like podcasts. <laughs> Consider how you've grown, accomplishments, challenges, adventures, travels, and learnings. You can meditate, you can journal about your year, and review your meditation and your reflections. You can renovate. Select an area of your home or life as focus. Examine it. Reorganize it. Uh, release what is no longer needed. Create a better pattern. Celebrate renewal and transformation. I really don't like to have my house messy during this time because I feel like if you have your house messy, that invites negative energies or spirits to come in and kind of cause some chaos. And if your place is not, you know, put in an organized fashion or whatever, then you're inviting chaos. At least that's my opinion on it. I like to make sure that the house is, is clean. <laughs> so the bonfire is another one too. Um, bonfire magic. You can kindle a bonfire outdoors when possible, or you can kindle flames in a fireplace or small cauldron. You can write down an out, out modded habit that you wish to end and cast it into the sound flames as you imagine release. Imagine yourself adapting a new healthier way of being as you move around the fire clockwise. Kind of hard to do if you have a fireplace. <laughs> um, divination, divina divination and guidance. Um, this is a very like very popular thing to do. You can use tarot, runes, scrying, or some other method of divination. To see what scrying is, go ahead and check out our Instagram. We actually did a live on it today, um, which will probably be in our Instagram TV, so look it up. It'll be in there somewhere. Uh, or other method of divination. Seek and reflect on guidance for the year to come. Write a summary of your process and messages. Select something appropriate to act upon and do it. You can do some divination invocations. This is kind of a, I feel like this is a more experienced or advanced thing that you can do. So if you're more advanced, you could do something like this. Once again, you have to be careful because you are once again opening yourself up to things to come in. Um, but you can honor and call upon the divine in one or more sacred forms associated with Sawin such as the crone goddess and orn god of nature, you can invite them to aid you in remembrance of the dead and in your understanding of the circle of life, death, and rebirth. If you have lost loved ones in the past year, ask the divine ones to comfort you and support you. So, yeah, like I said, make sure that you have lots of protection around you when you do things like this. So, yeah, you can also try and reach out to your loved ones to talk to them. I know when... One of my friend's birds died. I reached out to the bird to see if he was okay. And I mean, he was, but I reached out to him using my pendulum and yeah, it was a, it was a really awesome experience. Um, transforming expressions. If you encounter distortions, mis min <laughs> misinformation or false negative stereotypes about paganism and so on in the media, contact the source, express your concerns, and share accurate information. You can help um, 
decrease stereotyping with concise and intelligent communications. So I think that's a really good way of dealing with that. A lot of people think that witches eat children. <laughs> I saw this really funny meme that was like, in case you're wondering, witches don't eat children. We don't like spoiled food. <laughs> and I was like, lol, that's really funny. <laughs> So another one is community connections. Connect with others, join in a group ritual in your area, organize a sew-in potluck in your home. Remember, we have COVID going on. Research an old contemporary sew-in customs and books, periodicals online and through communications with others. Exchange ideas, information, and celebrate experiences regardless of whether you practice solo or with others as part of your festivities. Reflect for a time on being part of the vast network of these celebrating sewin around the world. So witches' balls are really popular around now, too. I was going to go to one, but it was canceled because COVID is ruining my life. <laughs> and I'm sure many of yours as well. Like, it's not just me. But a witch's ball is a thing where you kind of get dressed up in, in your garb. And your garb would be like what you normally picture a witch wearing, you know, like the Victorian era, era clothes and then just kind of like go to this ball and all the proceeds are usually donated to a an animal shelter that helps black cats because black cats are usually bought around this time and unfortunately tortured or killed. So witches try to help them <laughs> because that's kind of a horrible thing to do and yeah. So our I feel like if... Oh, are you going to be doing any of these, or did you get any inspiration? <laughs> Honestly, I was thinking a lot today about how I'm really, like, getting into this, you know, stuff. And I was really, really thinking about possibly maybe trying to start an altar of my own. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, you can always do something but like that. It would be a very slow process. It usually is. But I was thinking about... Yeah, I was also thinking about maybe looking up, like, a, a pumpkin soup or, like, something I can do with apple to kind of make a dish and, like, celebrate. Oh, yum. That way? Yes. You can always do, like, a oh, dumb okay. supper kind of thing. If I were you, since you have a yeah. kiddo, I'd get him involved and let him know why we're doing these things and talk to him about right. people who have passed and stuff like that. I know right. this year we're gonna probably going to be doing the um, candle, um, the ancestor candle, candle ceremony. And I yeah. feel like that would be a really good thing to do and talk about, like, those who have passed and what they were like and, and stuff like that and I can talk to Brandon about my rat who had passed away <laughs> who I love the rat but you know she was a part of my family and she taught me a lot so I feel like it's important to honor her during this time so we'll probably set out some of the things she liked Your rats were so oh they were yeah um she liked pizza and spaghetti <laughs> as rats do yeah, so, I mean, that that's, like, a really fun way to get kids involved and let them know a little bit about you, too. So, yeah. I, I think that these are really fun activities that you can do alone with kids. 
Um, and I hope this gives some people like some really good ideas because I know like COVID's kind of putting a damper on things, but some of these things you can do alone, you can do with your family. These are really like positive things to be doing. I like the idea of like cooking and collecting herbs from your garden yes. to cook with mm-hmm. and just it kind of almost feels like a Thanksgiving type feel except like you're cooking to not necessarily feed your loved ones you're you're cooking to help like remember and talk about your loved ones and really just like yeah encourage to be there with you that day in spirit if you have like a hard time like envisioning like what this is like or how this kind of goes a really good visualization for this is coco have you ever seen the movie coco Yes, I love that movie. I've been thinking about it the whole time we've been talking about this. Coco is a really good, it's a Pixar movie, and it's kind of about, like, the ancestors. They talk about Dia de los Muertos, and they talk about how they give their ancestors that food that they liked. And their ancestors don't necessarily eat the food, but they do enjoy the essence of that food. And so that's a really good way to draw in your ancestors and just be like, you know, I'm trying to connect with you, Grandma. I hope you enjoy the cornbread and, you know, making a plate for them. And then also, like, honoring those, like, in Coco, some of them didn't have people to remember them. And so by putting out a plate of food or whatever for them to enjoy as well, I feel is also very respectful for them. Right. I agree. So I think that's... Make them feel loved, but they don't have anyone else to love them or remember yeah, them. Yeah, I think that that's important. Yeah. But I think that's everything we've got for this episode. <laughs> She a little long, but it is a win, and I feel like it's important to kind of talk about these and to discuss this one. The next one is going to be on Yule, which I am so excited for. Yeah. Yeah. Girl's birthday is during Yule, and we can talk about some birthday things too, maybe, and what a witch does on their birthday. I can't believe your birthday is coming up. Yep, I'm turning again. 25 again, in case anyone is asking. So, yeah, yeah. I have trained everyone. They're wise. 25 and young. Yep. 25 and thriving. <laughs> I'm always going to be 25, no matter what. Eventually, I'm not even going to know my names. I'm, I'm going to be like, fuck That's it. My, dad. my dad's always 52 every yep. year. Yeah, it works. It works great. But anyway, guys, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We may or may not have a bonus episode coming for you, so go ahead and stay tuned for that. And we will be taking a two-week break. So we hope that you guys, you know, enjoy and you guys, you know, have some have some fun. Let us know what you guys yeah. did for this sewing. Post some pictures on your gram. Uh, send us a voice message. Send us whatever you want to inform us about. Let us know if you have any spooky stories or if anything spooky happened. Yeah, let us, let us know your favorite either sewing tradition thing that you do or send us a Halloween tradition or activity that you like to do. I'm curious. Ooh, that's a good one. Yes. So we yeah. will talk to you guys in two weeks. Bye. Bye.